At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. At 45. And then what are OJ expenses? So OJ's my dog. Wait, I wasn't sure. Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I'm your host and also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner for any of our new listeners. And I am here with my guest today, Maria. Hi, Maria. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. I listen every week, so excited to be on. That makes me so happy to hear. Oh, I love it. I just did a little um, catch up with Potter, my producer, and so we're airing that this coming Friday. So if you're listening to your episode live, that's already out. And we just thanked all the listeners because we've grown so much in the past few months. It's been pretty incredible. Yeah, I think I caught first list, first learned about it when you were finishing season one, and then I went back and re-listened to everything, and it's been, yeah, so informational. Good. And hopefully the audio quality has gotten better. We figured out oh, yeah. some stuff along the way. The first couple were like really bad, but you know, it was a learning curve, obviously. Yeah, totally. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I know that you have an upcoming change, but where are you currently living? Where are you looking to live? Uh, what do you do? What do you make? All that jazz. Yeah. So I'm 32 years old. I'm currently living in um, Portland, Oregon, but we'll be making the move to Denver in early September. Um, I make $100,000 a year and am a project manager in the consumer goods industry. So okay. I just got this job. I'm This is my fourth weekend to my new job, so barely new. Oh, well, congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. And so with this new job, are you working remote for the the move, I would think? Yeah, so I'm remote now. Um, I started remote three weeks ago, and then I'll be remote until September. Okay, fantastic. And then you'll go back into the office, I take it, then from there? Yeah, so I think they're starting to go back into the office um, next month in June, but they're doing like more of a hybrid approach, so... 
when I move down in September, it'll be that hybrid, like three days in the office and then two days working from home, which will be nice because it's exciting to not do the five days in the office. Oh my God. I think the hybrid schedule is really the way to go. I, I would be happy with hybrid. Um, I just think that's the nicest way to do it. Oh yeah. It's definitely a switch. I know this, a lot of like companies in the, in like apparel industry and just tech industry are doing the same thing. So I'm glad that we're following the suit and doing hybrid. Yeah, I think that'll be really nice. And so you single partnered? A domestic partnership, so not married, but we've been together for seven years. So basically married. (laughs) Common state marriage, yeah. Okay, perfect. And so you're both moving to Denver together? Yes. Okay. So domestic partner of seven years, and you're both moving to Denver. Um, So did your partner also get a new job? No. So he's actually going to be moving unemployed. So he's working now, has quite a bit of savings. So I think he'll probably for the first month, just kind of settle us in and then look to get a job on his own. Okay, perfect. But like saved up and so is prepared for the move. Yeah. So he'll be covering um, some of the rent and then um, like his bills and stuff. So. Perfect. Okay. And you want to tell me a little bit about, so I have your spreadsheet and I must say, sometimes I can't read every, everyone does their spreadsheets a little bit differently. But yours was great. So I knew before I talked to you that it looked like Denver was on, on the docket here. And yeah. I love that you broke it up to needs, wants. Um, and I love that wants is in Netflix is in there because it is totally. I know. It's, and totally I feel like it's totally want. And I feel like Amazon Prime is also totally want. And yeah. I just wanted to tell you, I appreciate that those are in the want column. <laughs> yeah, definitely totally wants, but I can't live without them. So maybe a need, but... <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm glad because I feel like a lot of times and when you listen to the podcast, I'll say like if you had to cut things out, like these are things that can be cut out. Uh, obviously, yeah. to not do that. But okay, perfect. So this rent that you put in for your Denver, I can I can kind of we can maybe run through this together for the listeners. But so it looks like the rent is going to be going up for Denver. Is that right? Yeah. So right now we're in a one bedroom apartment, and it's like. 1300 so we split that I pay a little bit more because I make more but we really want to get a two-bedroom in Denver because we really want to have like our family visit and friends come out and visit um so we're trying to find something around 2200 for um rent so ideally staying around that um and I would be paying a little bit more again because of the budget or just like our differences in um what we make so yeah do you do it percentage-wise Kind of. So I think mostly just around the rent. Everything else kind of splits even. Okay, got it. Perfect. Okay. So we're thinking about, because you don't have an apartment yet in Denver. No. So no apartment yet. But as I've been doing my research and kind of looking, um, it seems to be pretty similar to Portland. And like I've seen that the two bedrooms are going for um, 2200 So want to stay like around there ideally. Okay, perfect. And then it seems like everything, uh, well, car payment will change. Car payment your current car payment is three fifty, and it looks like car payment is going to go to one seventy five. Is that because you're not planning on having a car, or? Um, so I am planning on having a car. So, but my boyfriend's going to be splitting that payment with me now. So he was actually paying all of his debt off, and now has it all paid off. So he's like kind of contributing a little bit more, and we kind of share the car. So we're going to be okay, splitting that up. Did I leave okay. You? okay, so car payment will be now one seventy five. Car insurance is one seventy five. Fuel we have estimated at $100. Utilities we have estimated at $100. And groceries for $400. And then internet at $45. And then what are OJ expenses? So OJ's my dog. So Yay, that's, that's, what, that's what I 
thought, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, so he has his eye uh, for his food and the stuff he needs. Perfect. I, I was like kind of thinking that, but I wasn't positive. <laughs> okay, wonderful. So your total needs for the Denver budget are going to come to, why don't we just round up, just keep it easy for the listeners. Yeah. We'll say approximately um, $3,000 and your monthly salary net is 5000 Is that correct? Yeah. So I actually got my first paycheck for the new company this past Friday, but um, they paid three weeks out. So unfortunately I couldn't do like the two week and then times two. Yeah. But I, when I did like the math, it, it was like 5,000, which is the same from my last company where I was making a little bit less, but I also fixed like my tax numbers or like the W4 or whatever. So it wasn't like two, I put it down to one. So it like evens out to what I was making before. Perfect. Okay, great. And then, so with that net approximate salary amount, that is including your 401k yeah. Contribution company stock, correct? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So then from there, your total savings um, and investing for the month work out to be approximately $1,000, which is 20%. Yes. Okay. So then 401k, is that pre-tax or post-tax? So I will be eligible for the new company 401k in um, June 1st, and they have a Roth and a traditional. So that was one of the questions I had because I did... Uh, traditional in my last company, but I was like, should I do Roth? Because I hear so much, so many good things about it. So that they do like the most burning question, um, and I find it hard to answer because there's no perfect answer. But we will talk about that. Okay. Or not you should do traditional or do Roth. It's going to kind of play into your tax situation. Okay. So we'll we'll touch on that. Okay, but that will restart then in June, which is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then will you get company stock with a new company? No, no company stock, which is unfortunate because I really did like that perk with the last company, but they're, they do have an HSA, uh, which the other company had, but um, I've also heard that's one thing to use as a retirement yeah. fund also. So I want to definitely get into that this time. Yep. Because that's a health savings account. And so you can put money in there pre-tax for health expenses, but if you end up not using it, it can eventually roll into like a retirement account for you on like an FSH, um, FSA. A flexible savings account, I think, is the abbreviation. But the HSA is better because you get to keep the money if you don't use it. Awesome. Um, yeah, I definitely want to do that. I think they offer not a match, but they like put a certain amount of money yeah. if you if you open it up. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, so you want to get those free dollars. So that's great if they contribute for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so then going forward, you're gonna you have an IRA down. Is that was is that just in the meantime until you get into the four hundred one k at work? Um, so I want it, I didn't have one before and I want to get into one now. So okay. I want to open an IRA and then hopefully, uh, max it out each year. Cause I don't have one. And I think having maybe a little diversity will help. Yeah. So I actually think that might be kind of the answer we're looking for because you, your income, the gross number is a hundred thousand, correct? Yes. So you are eligible to do a Roth IRA outside of work. So mm-hmm. What we could do is you could utilize all the pre-tax benefits because at a hundred thousand you're paying a, a good chunk of money towards taxes, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you feel it. So yeah. the the pre-tax option in your four hundred one k lowers your taxable income. It's a dollar for dollar reduction, and so then outside of work you could then do the Roth, and it would probably help you increase your savings ratio. Okay, do five hundred a month towards the Roth, and then do the rest in as much as you can in your pre-tax option, 
Okay. Uh, so then you're lowering your taxable income and you're doing both. So then you have both horses in the race. Awesome. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking too, but I was like, okay, what should I do with that 401k Roth or traditional? Cause I hear so many different like suggestions yeah. and stuff. So we definitely have people on the podcast and there are people that say, if you're young, you should only do Roth. Um, I guess the reason I don't say that is like a hard and fast rules because I didn't do that. And not to say what I do is, you know, the Holy grail, but when you're losing so much of your money to taxes, it like is a lot nicer to defer that tax. Cause it's yeah, not that definitely. it's going to be tax free, but if you're losing 22% to the federal government, not including state or local, which I was like, you get almost like you're getting like 30% back, 25% back. And so that goes right into the 401k, right? And you're deferring yeah. that. And ideally, when you take it out, and this is the unknown variable, but ideally, when you take it out in retirement, the best case scenario is you're, you're in a lower bracket. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. If that doesn't happen and you're in a high bracket, well, then hopefully that's because you saved a ton of money. And at that point, if you end up paying more tax, then you, you should be in a good position. So I, I like the idea of doing both because then you have optionality, right? You have money mm-hmm. in Roth, you have money in the traditional IRA, and then ideally you have money saved outside of both of those vehicles you know, on your own private investments, which I think I saw yeah. in there um, as well. I think you're the first person to have a line item of crypto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was like a fun I'll tell you the story later, but a fun little investment story. Okay, perfect. So that's how I would I would do it. And then you can always tweak it. But I would start with taking advantage of the work plan pre-tax to lower your taxable income so that you're getting a bigger bang for your buck and then do the Roth on the outside so that you have both. Okay. And then you also have $100 down a month for uh, travel fund, which I think is great. And then you have a family fund for $200 a month. Yeah. So um, my family, I feel like I'm going to be a little bit of the retirement plan. So trying to like plan ahead um, mm-hmm. and just save some money. My parents actually came to the U.S. from Mexico in their 20s. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So they um, didn't grow up knowing anything about finance. I've kind of like had to self-educate myself and try to get myself in a better position. So um, also trying to save because I know eventually I will have to help in some way, shape or form. Yeah, well, I think that's fantastic that it's not going to be a surprise then, right? You can like you can plan accordingly for that. Mm-hmm. But and I think that's going to be really important then to have a really high savings ratio in so not only doing the 401k at work pre-tax option and doing the Roth, but also then saving up money outside of that. Yeah. And something I see a lot, like at least I've seen in my day-to-day working experience is if you feel like you're going to take care of a parent Maybe if you're going to buy a home down the road, buying something with a mother-in-law or the ability to, you know, comfortably house, you know, you and your partner and then your, if your parents, if need be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like that I might be part of the future, maybe. Yeah, I, I've been definitely thinking about home purchasing, but I feel like when we go to Denver, we'll see if we like it or not. And then hopefully after that experience, decide if we want to like plant roots in Portland where our family is like his parents, my parents, or if we do live Denver, like how that's going to work out. So yeah, so, yeah. so definitely something to keep in mind in the future that I've seen a lot of people do that successfully, because obviously housing costs is usually one of the big issues. Oh yeah. So that's, that can be a good way to kind of offset that. So, okay. So let's go through the rest of it. Um, and then we have the wants category, which I already said I love. <laughs> and so we have, it looks like you have a total of 600. Is that correct for the Denver? Yeah section uh, here for once yeah so I, we only have <laughs> i only have netflix and apple cloud is that just like extra fun money for the month 
you just allocate 600. Yeah, the the wants line item is like eating out um, and just like any other entertainment stuff. I don't know why I call Netflix and Apple, but I think the first time I originally built it out was like that. I never like updated it, but it should all be under the same bucket category. But I'm trying to save more. So I think if you see on the other side, there was definitely a little bit more spent on the wants, but trying to save a little bit more. Yeah, you took that down by about, let's see my total, yeah, over, you know, $300 a month, which is fantastic. Yeah. And I think more. also just um, moving, I have been feel like I've been spending quite a bit more in Portland because, like, trying to see everybody before we leave and just, like, doing more stuff, like, hanging out with friends, but um, I think and it'll be a little less in Denver. Yeah, and COVID's almost, like, basically over, kind of over, so we can actually go out in the world again and see people, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, great. So, well, generally speaking, as you know, we go through the numbers a lot. So in terms of what you're bringing in monthly versus what you're spending, I think you're doing a really great job on the breakdown. I mean, you have it, you basically are doing the 50, 30, 20. Yeah. So I think that's the one that when I was first like learning to budget was the one that kind of made the most sense. And the one I was Mm -hmm. actually like, okay, I can kind of stick to this. Um, so I've been trying to do that. And then, um, I've been hearing a lot about like the fire thing and not that I necessarily want to do that, but I'm like, well, if I can get a high enough savings rate, um, higher than the, the, the 30 or whatever, that would be ideal or sorry, the 20, is it 20 for savings? 30 yeah, for it's 20, yeah. It's 20% for savings, but I definitely think that you'd be able to get some more wiggle room in there. And that that's why I think taking advantage of the pre-tax option on the 401k will give you that extra wiggle room. Cause you're going to not be sending as much to the IRS. Okay, perfect. So that that will help you. And then you already cut down the the ones by $300. So you could even split that self with yourself, right? So mm-hmm. that's an easy way to get it increased. And another way to get it increased is if you get a pay raise at work to automatically put that into the 401k. Okay. okay. That's it that I would say that's the most painless way to keep increasing your savings ratio. Because if you're already living comfortably and you know you're on, you have your budget and you have it very detailed and you've obviously been sticking to it, then anytime you get a raise, you just, you can put it in the 401k or split it with yourself. You know, if you get a 2% raise, 1% more in the 401k and then one for today. But I I would challenge you to just, because you want to get the savings ratio up, I would just do it all into the 401k because you weren't, you didn't have it before anyway. Yeah, that's that's definitely seems like the way to go for sure. And I think they match. So they match 3% and then um, 50% for the next two. So I think if I do five, they do four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll be good that's, too. Yeah, that's perfect. That's, I love free money. And that gets mm-hmm. you to 9% right there. So then mm-hmm. that's not including what you're going to put in for the Roth IRA, the emergency fund, the travel fund, and the family, right? Yeah. So, so if you count what they're putting in, then your savings ratio is actually higher. That's awesome. And, and it counts. Just so you just want to then look at your vesting schedule at work to see how long you have to stay at the company to keep the money. And then ideally, you stay to keep all the free money. Okay. Yeah. I actually was um, reading their like plan thing. And funny enough, you don't like you're vested like right away, apparently. Oh, that's a dream. That, yeah. Like- I've never even heard of that. I was five years with my last company. Uh, and they said you're a hundred percent vested uh, once you start contributing. Oh, and do they do, so do they do the, the match? Do they do any profit sharing? Usually when there's an immediate vest, there's a profit sharing component. Um, yes, I think they do profit sharing. I don't know what that looks like yet, but, um, they did mention that there's a profit sharing. 
Oh, okay. So that typically means then the company will also contribute on your behalf in addition to the company match. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you just have to keep an eye on that and you can even ask them, um, or sometimes it depends on the plan. It might be that that match is the profit sharing and they've already defined it for you, but other times they can contribute more if the company does well. So yeah, you can count the company match. So 4% that gets your savings ratio up even higher, which is fantastic because now we've upped the IRA. You know, you're doing that IRA and you weren't doing the IRA previously, although you were doing the company stock before. Yeah. So they had a program where um, up to 10%, you were able to contribute and then you would be able to buy stock like 50% less than what they offered it. Mm -hmm. So they take that certain amount like automatically from your paycheck each um, paycheck cycle. Yeah. And then after every six months, they would buy it and then you'd see it in like your stock portfolio thing. So let's just say, I'm wondering, since you were allocating for your former job, $730 a month to both the 401k and the company stock, right? Mm-hmm. So what were you thinking of putting into percentage wise into the, when you are eligible for this next? I was thinking of five to get the full match. And then, um, cause I would be doing then 500 in the IRA. Yeah. That I want to open. So yeah, I was thinking five. And then I know the HSA, HSA, I can't say that word, the HSA um, said you can contribute up to, I think it was 3200 or something like that. Okay. So we're th- um, and so you're going to do 5%, which is $5,000. They're going to contribute because it's 5% of your salary, so $5,000. And they're going to contribute 4% of your salary, correct? So $4,000? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then that gets you to $9,000. And then how much were you thinking of contributing to the HSA? I was thinking maybe like 150 a month. Okay. Somewhere around there. Because I feel like we still... So your 401k contribution will be $416 a month. Okay. And then... So I feel like we still have extra money because... We're going to do 500 into the Roth IRA, which we weren't doing before. But then just between, if you took that off of the company stock, we were doing $730 a month before. So that leaves $230 from that column. Okay. If we were keeping that number, because 416 pre-tax, you won't miss 416 from your paycheck monthly. Right. Because let's just assume you're going to save 20%. So Mm -hmm. from your paycheck, you'll probably miss like $332. Okay, that's what would be left over? No, so that's what you would miss monthly from your pay paycheck, and then 416 would go in, right? Because oh, you're okay. paying the taxes on it. Okay, gotcha. Versus, versus the IRA, you have to actually net $500 to put $500 into a Roth. Okay, that makes sense. So, And you were putting in $730 a month before. So, yeah, I was doing, I think, 10% with them just because – I didn't have an IRA, but now that I want to do that, I was like, would it make sense to do it that way? I'm going to try and spend all your money here on retirement. No. Um, (laughs) I think you can do a bit more in the 401k because it'll be pre-tax and you're not going to have, even if you're putting 150 a month into the HSA um, and you're doing the Roth IRA, you're still going to have a little bit of a difference there. You could probably do a bit more. I think you could probably get away with 7%. Okay. 7% in the 401k. Yeah. Pre-tax. Okay. So why don't you try that? I think that that would be fine. And you would still be able to do $150 a month into the HSA because that's also pre-tax and then the 500 a month into the Roth IRA. 
Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And then see how it feels. You can always tweak it, but I think that would be fine. Because then really HSA plus the company match plus what you're putting in, that we're still having a really good pre-tax contribution and then you're still doing the Roth. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So seven in the 401k and then the 500 in the IRA. Yep, exactly. Okay. And then uh, emergency fund, you currently have 10,000. You're looking to save up another 5,000. Yeah, so I think 15,000 makes a little bit more sense, but because they usually say like six months, right, of expenses of like your needs. Of your needs, which we have clearly delineated here. So, yeah, I think that would be a a good number to work towards. I mean, you're in a good spot now, but it's always nice to get it fully funded and then you're done. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you could even do a little bit less. You could do 14,000 based on your Denver budget. Okay. And then once I do fill that fund up, what would you recommend? Like, that extra money like be put into like just more of the 401k. So I would get your 401k up to where you're putting in where we get that number closer to 10% because then with the company putting in, it's almost 14,000 a year going in. I would say just because you think that you, your parents might need help in the future, I think it would also be good for you to have more cash or maybe regular investments. So investing outside, but I would first do the priority I would say would be, the Roth, the 401k, just because you're losing, you know, your high income earner as a single filer. Mm-hmm. So you want to leverage that the pre-tax options. Okay. But yeah, you're not far off on the emergency fund. So once that's done, that's totally done. And then you could, if you know, wanting to purchase a property is the next goal. I would determine what the next goal is going to be. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it definitely might be the <laughs> getting something property. saved up for a yeah for for a future home back in Portland. Yeah. So that's what I would do. So then I would take that extra money that you were using for the emergency fund and I would put it towards, I would change that. And now instead of an emergency fund, it's like a home fund. Okay. And then that way you can save up cash for a down payment. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then you've done a great job with, you know, OJ has his own fund, which is fantastic. And then you're doing, um, you're doing a travel fund and then you also have a sinking fund. Yeah. So, yeah, you've done a good job. Yeah, that one's more so like I try to pay the insurance every six months, I think, because you get like a discount. A, yeah, so that and then I do want to buy some new furniture when I move out to Denver. So try to save some money. Perfect. No, I think it's good because you plan for everything. So that's yeah. perfect. Um, and then in terms of your investments, your 401k has, I feel like we can round up to this number, 100,000. Yeah. And then your old company stock, which... Is twenty seven thousand, which is fantastic, and then you have six thousand in crypto, which I might add is the first time I've seen that line itemed. <laughs> I know. So you've done a great job. So the target is um, Fidelity came up with a, a target, so you can benchmark yourselves in term. You know, people can benchmark themselves in terms of savings goals because it's hard to know. And so they said to target having one times your salary by thirty, and so you definitely hit that, especially with the company stock, which was an employee benefit. Um, mm-hmm. Program. So good job on that. Thank you. So, yeah, so I think just keep saving for retirement and keeping up saving for all your goals. But overall, I feel like you have it very together. Yeah, I feel like I've definitely overcompensated for like not really knowing anything about finance because I like went on a big financial journey in like 2018 where I'm like, I'm getting rid of all my debt. And then I did that. And then I like started learning more about like investing and all that stuff. So, um, I did have a question though on the current 401k. Um, yeah. So that's currently just in like my company's 
um, like Fidelity account. Okay. But I know that you can also move it to like a personal IRA or anything like that. So what would you recommend in that? Like keeping it with them or moving it somewhere else? Legally, there's three options. Um, So the three options that I feel like is some sort of tax document that you have to be received. So if you call Fidelity, they're going to ask you if you've read this tax disclosure. And the three options are you can leave it with your company, your former company. You can move it over to your new um, company if it's accepted in the new plan. You can uh, roll it over into an IRA. I believe they give you a fourth option, which I would never recommend, which is you can do, you can liquidate it, which is crazy. No one should do that. Um, But I believe they still tell you that's an option because it is an option. But those are your three main options. So leave it, um, roll it over into the new company or roll it over into your own IRA. And it just depends on what you think is going to be best for your situation. Okay. Yeah. I might, I guess I might just leave it there because it's been doing well. So that's a good question about the 401k. So yeah, there are a few options and I think it really just depends on your work situation. If you feel like you're going to be switching jobs a lot, then maybe it makes sense to have your own IRA so that you can just roll as you move job, you know, move companies. Um, other people like to have everything in one spot because then it's easy to take care of it. You don't have to worry about checking multiple places, but yeah, there's multiple options and just, I would pick whatever is best for you. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, I can do that. And then any other questions for me? No, I guess, yeah, I guess you, that definitely helped a lot breaking down like the retirement. Cause that's more like, as I'm transferring to my new job, but I was like, how much should I put in my 401k and the company? HSA. So I think that didn't definitely help. Good. Yeah. I definitely think you can increase the 401k based on what you put in projected numbers because you're not doing that company stock and it'll give you that tax savings. But mm-hmm. overall you did a great, you're doing a great job with this. So no debt, they're spot on on the retirement savings, continuing to save. So yeah, I think it's all about figuring out once you get settled in Denver and just making sure that budget really aligns with the new, with your new life there. And then if the next goal is a house, working towards that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely a house. I always joke that I want to move to Europe eventually. Um, so I'm like, do I really need to buy a house? Because I know it's like, you can either rent or obviously rent for life or buy, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, if you move to Europe, let me know. I want to visit. Okay, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maria, thank you very much for coming on the show. And for all of our lovely listeners, Thank you for tuning in. And as always, you can find out our most up-to-date information and news on our Instagram, which is Future Rich Podcast. And you can find our online classes, which are in partnership with SUNY Ulster at www.futurerichpodcast.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 